CEE Central Europe Explained An IDM podcast series powered by Erste Group Episode 43 The Blind Eye of Feminist Foreign Policy Feminist foreign policy aims at strengthening gender equality in third countries and it is used as a tool of development assistance, also present in EU accession negotiations. In particular, acts of foreign policy should include a gender perspective and involve women of target countries in respective decision-making processes. However, as it is mostly implemented by Western states or international organizations such as the EU and the UN, it has been criticized for imposing Western values onto countries with a completely different set of values, thus turning a blind eye to culture-specific needs to bring about feminist change, for example in Afghanistan. In this regard, the burning questions to improve feminist foreign policies are How can feminist foreign policy tackle the specific needs of women abroad? How can it be more culturally sensitive? And how can it avoid top-down and promote bottom-up approaches? This is an episode to analyze the pros and cons about feminist foreign policy in its current state. Welcome to another episode of our podcast series, Central Europe Explained. My name is Gloria Becerril, I'm a trainee at the IDM, and I will be your host for today's episode, which will center around the topic of the blind eye of feminist foreign policy. I am pleased to welcome Dr. Claudia Zila, who currently holds the position of Senior Fellow at the Stiftung Wissenschaft und Politik in Berlin. It is the German Institute for International and Security Affairs. She works mainly around critical issues related to democracy and development, civil, political, and social inclusion, as well as on foreign policy and feminist foreign and development policy. Her regional focus lays on Latin America. Hello, Claudia, and welcome. Thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. Hello, and thank you for the invitation. No, thank you very much. So uh, before we dive into the topic, for those who might not be familiar with the concept of feminist foreign policy, could you please provide a general explanation of what it entails? Yes, I think feminist foreign policy in general terms, it is a framework based on uh, human rights, on feminist approaches, but also on experience and knowledge. And this framework is to for foreign policy, but not only for activities abroad, but also for the way that ministries work and are organized. Thank you very much. I think it's very important to have this clear so we can understand the complexity of the whole topic. Do you think there are some important misconceptions regarding feminist foreign policies that must be disclaimed? Yes, I think there is a lot of uh, misconceptions. Um, the first one would be what I've just mentioned, the idea that it's only about activities abroad and it is an approach only on dealing with others. 
but uh, feminist uh, approaches are a lot about uh, self-criticism and to change things first at home. So the idea that it's only about what states do abroad, it is a very limited idea. Uh, Feminist foreign policy is a framework also to change things within the ministries, within the state structures, and to change processes and, and institutions. This is the one misconception to think it is only about what states do abroad. The other one is the idea that it's only about women and that the aim is only to advance uh, gender equality uh, and that it's only about human rights. I would say, first of all, it's not only about women, but the starting point is the gendered uh, power asymmetry, but it's only the starting point. It is also about addressing other types of discrimination based on other features and and, uh, as religion, race, age, disability, and so on. And it is not only uh, about advancing equal rights or an equal joy of, of rights, but it's also about addressing the conditions that hamper the use of equal rights. It is also about addressing the problems that hinder people to enjoy the rights that are legally granted. So it is a lot of about uh, power criticism and to make structural changes and not only to say human rights for all. So it's actually something broader that many people could think, right? Exactly. And it uh, it aims to the roots of exactly. injustice. Exactly. Sometimes people say there cannot be change on a big scale if we don't start on a small scale. Yes. And the thing is, you may have the same rights legally granted, but it doesn't mean that people can enjoy these rights in the same way. So equality is not only a question of legal equality, but also a question of actual factual equality and to have the same chances to enjoy those rights that are already granted, perhaps. That's true. And it's a super interesting point. From your perspective, which do you think that are the major and most urgent challenges at the moment with this regard? We can see now defense and arms spending on the rise. And I think the militarization and non-proliferation are the biggest challenges in war times, as well as to overcome international patterns of zero-sum game uh, of competition confrontation and the logic of victory and defeat. I think to change the way we think about international relations and about foreign policy is the greatest challenge. Yeah, thank you for that input. So Claudia, as you know, there is quite a large cultural diversity within Europe and specifically in Central and Eastern Europe. How do you think it is possible to create policies that will be useful for everyone? Yeah, first of all, um, policies have to be context sensitive and it is 
exactly it is it is a main requirement of feminist approaches to design policies that are context uh, sensitive uh, but at the same time the global experience is a common one that women don't enjoy equal rights as men that they don't have equal chances as men everywhere you have uh, discrimination some groups that are marginalized so the difference between countries and regions may lay in the in the question which groups are uh, discriminate and which groups uh, need support or which groups should get uh, gain more representation resources and um, and rights and uh, this may differ between regions so uh, but that there is injustice and that you have power asymmetries everywhere it is a, a shared uh, experience and so the idea is to address the very specific cultural and a national um problem with a very context sensitive policy this that you mentioned is something very interesting because Uh, there is quite a debate held by political scientists in international institutions arguing that feminist foreign policies aim to impose a Western perspective. Uh, and just as you mentioned, policymakers must be culturally sensitive. Do you think that they are actually culturally sensitive? And where do you think is the line between fighting for human rights and acknowledging cultural differences. Where does this line lay? First of all, I don't think you can be highly context sensitive if you have only few perspectives represented in the decision-making process. So foreign policy decisions are dominated by men uh, or a sort of a social group, a specific social group. And so the idea would be to get the process um, of decision-making more diverse or to get diverse or to, to get more perspectives in. Um, if, if the perspectives involved in, the, in this process are, are diverse or um, different uh, perspectives have a chance to be heard, then you may get a more context-sensitive policy. This is the first thing. The other thing, of course, every time uh, Western countries try to have a new concept and try to advance a new idea, it always carries uh, the, the risk to be a sort of imposition. That's why dialogue and conversations between countries, between not only countries in the sense of not only between states, but also between societies, uh, transnational conversations are very important. It is the same in the case of feminism. In the beginning, perhaps uh, feminism was a Western idea, a liberal Western idea, But in the end, it was enriched by um, perspective from the global south uh, with uh, black feminism, with feminism from Latin America. And the same thing can happen now regarding uh, feminist foreign policy. Perhaps the, the beginning was uh, 
in the Western countries, but perspective from other countries and regions can transform and widen this concept. Yeah, so basically representation, inclusive representation, and like you said, transnational communication is crucial in order to achieve this actually inclusive and culturally sensitive approach. Yes, yes, and to be in dialogue. If feminism begins with uh, self-criticism and with the awareness of the own position and with the awareness of the own privileges, you should be always in dialogue with others and in exchange with others. And this is the, the feminist ideal. I don't, I'm not saying it is always the case, but in normative terms, uh, this is the ambition. That's true. Thank you very much. Uh, and well, last but not least, we always ask our guests to share a piece of art with which we can reflect further on this topic. Do you have anything in mind that you might like to share with us? Yes, uh, with pleasure. Uh, I'd like to recommend the song Todo Cambia. It means everything changes, sung by Mercedes Sosa from Argentina and composed by Julio Numhausa from Chile. Numhausa had to leave Chile in 1973 after the Pinochet's coup d'etat. He went into exile in Sweden and Sweden uh, was the first country that declared its foreign policy as feminist in 2014. Uh, the song Todo Cambia uh, refers uh, to all sorts of transformation in life and in the world that are unavoidable. And I think feminist approaches will transform foreign policy. That's why I chose Todo Cambia. That's beautiful. Thank you. And hopefully everything will keep on changing in a positive way, right? In a positive and better way, yes. Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you very much, Claudia. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for your time. And thanks for this insightful conversation. I believe that now we have much to ponder upon. It was a pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. This was CEE, Central Europe Explained, a podcast series produced by the Institute for the Danube Region and Central Europe. If you enjoyed listening to us, Make sure to subscribe to the IDM podcast series on your favorite podcast platform. Additionally, you can explore our other work on our website www.idm.at. If you have any feedback or if you're interested in collaborating on a podcast episode, please do not hesitate to contact us through our social media channels at IDM Vienna or write us an email to IDM at idm.at IDM Podcast Institut für den Donauraum und Mitteleuropa Institut für die Danube Region und Central Europe European Perspectives Regional Actions Cooperation and Expertise since 1953